welcome to another edition of What's New at the Zoo with Jim Bartu. And how are you? I'm all right. I'm Jim Bartu. And Jim is the head, the zookeeper, the, the guy that makes stuff happen. And there's so much new on our way here. Let's, first of all, let's explain where we are. We are at, um, we're at a place at the zoo called Botswana. And it's actually a private viewing area of our white rhino exhibit and that's who's watching us now the white rhino we'll find out a little bit more about them coming up later in the show but right. let's talk a little bit about the new exhibit and you've got to get your tickets now because you do not want to miss Zoolumination Zoolumination back for its third year we had it in, in 2019 and then that that dreaded disease hit for a while and we had to stop it for a while we were, we were able to bring it back last year coming back again this year it's um, it's a thousand Chinese lanterns, and when I say Chinese lanterns, a lot of people think, oh, cute little basket things that you hang from you know your yeah. rafters or whatever. No, these are some of these are 50 feet high, hundreds of feet long. They're massive, glowing structures that are made out of silk and wire, and they're lit from the inside, and they're all over zoo grounds. You walk around. Um, all over the zoo and you see these illuminated full-size animals and all different kinds of stuff that you can see. Um, starts on November 17th. Mm -hmm. This year we have a special preview for members only. We, we appreciate our members mm -hmm. so much and they've been very patient with us and we've been building this parking garage uh, which we hope to have open um, soon mm -hmm. into the 2024 season. We want to thank them with these preview parties that we've had. We did one for Komodo Dragon and now we're going to do one for Zoolumination. That'll be on the 16th of November. You still got to get your tickets for that in advance and they're going fast. So if you want to go to Zoolumination preview party, you got to be a zoo member. If you want to go to Zoolumination, you can pick up tickets but get them soon, particularly if you have family coming in town for Thanksgiving or Christmas or into the new year, because the popular nights, those Friday and Saturday nights that people like to go, those are going to sell out. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We're done. But if you go to any of the Main Street uh, websites, Main Street Media websites, MainStreetMediaTelevision.com, you will be able to register to win tickets to Zoo Illumination while we're doing that. Let's talk about what's coming up with Celebrate Reading. Yes, we do this every year. It's over the course of two Saturdays. People can come out to the zoo. Um, kids love this. And we have story time at several different places around the zoo. So you can follow a map and go sit down and listen to a book. Typically, somebody like a keeper or a staff person will read the book, volunteers read, and it, it has to do about the animal that you're also looking at there. So it's a book about, say, kangaroos at the kangaroo exhibit. Plus this year, I believe we also have some children authors that are reading their own books while they're out here as well. So it's, cool. it's starting to get more and more popular. We got lots of people coming out to read to kids. Celebrate reading as November 4th and 11th. That mm -hmm. is amazing. Yep, and um, we're encouraging people to bring uh, books out, to donate books for uh, Bookham. Uh, this is an organization that gives books to underserved families and kids so they can enjoy reading and, and the ownership of books. Um, we are encouraging that by giving away attraction tickets which is different than zoo tickets. Attraction tickets get you on the zip line and the carousel oh. and the 4D theater. So we're giving away attraction tickets for people that are donating books as well. So you can come out and get a free carousel ride. 
And even though it's cold, I'm going to tell you, we've already, we've been listening to kids screaming on the zip line, oh, having a blast They sound already. like they're being murdered back there, <laughs> but they're actually just having fun. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. It's very hard to tell the difference. You know what, who does make a difference, and that is our American military. It is Veterans Day month. It is, we celebrate the veteran all during November, and the zoo is no different. That's right, yeah. It's always, I think it's always the second Saturday or the mm -hmm. second Sunday of November. Um, free admission for military personnel, past or present, and all of their immediate family members that come with them. So it really is a day that we open it up to thank. Um, uh, the military and the folks that serve in the military for the wow. service that they give to our country. The Mounted Police Toy Drive is coming up December 2nd and 3rd. What is that? The, well, Metro Nashville Police does a toy drive, right? They collect toys all over town. Mm -hmm. The Mounted Patrol has theirs out at the zoo, and that's always the first weekend in December. So this year, I think it's the 3rd and 4th of December. Mm -hmm. It's a Saturday and a Sunday, and again, you bring out toys, you donate the toys to uh, their Christmas basket program, and to add that extra incentive, like the zoo always does, we're giving away tickets that you can use to either go into the zoo that day or you can save them and come back at another time and, and come back as well. Now, there's a limit to two per family, so don't get greedy, but we can give you a couple of tickets to come out to the zoo um, and you can use those anytime between December 3rd and I believe it's the beginning of May of next year. Wow. And all for just being a good heart and giving to the toy drive for the That's Mounted right. Police. We like to give back as well. Okay, I've got a, a viewer question. Okay. Okay, this is from Liz. Are there any animals that you can feed here at the zoo? Uh, yes, we have lorikeets that you can feed. We have little cups of nectar that you can feed them. Now, lorikeets are Australian parakeets, and they come and land on your hand and your head. They make nests oh. out of your hair. I mean, you can feed them little nectar cups. This time of year, you should call ahead because they are susceptible to cold weather. Sometimes they won't have them out if it's going to be a little too cold, but you can feed those animals. Occasionally, we will have keepers that show up with a little bit of feed that you can use to feed other animals like kangaroos and things like that, but that really is the only animal that has a, um, anytime you'd like to come out and feed them, that's available to the guest. Don't we have a new tiger baby? We have three tiger cubs. Yes, they were born October 20th, so they're still very young. Um, the last time we saw them, their eyes were just now starting to open. Their weights are all really good. We have one male and two females. We know that. So, um, but we don't have names for them yet. Um, and we're really just kind of letting Anne raise them because she's doing such a great job with it. Hopefully, soon, we'll be able to have them out on exhibit. It's going to be a while. It's probably going to be well into the spring of mm -hmm. 2024 before we have them out public eye. Are you going to have a naming campaign? Like, you know, that, that sometimes at the zoo, I remember when there was a giraffe that we named and all the money that was donated to name the giraffe yep. went to save giraffes. We, we're, we're talking about that now. There's a, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, different things in play. There's a lot of balls in the air with that. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of talking about what we're going to do with that. But hopefully we'll have an answer soon. All right, Zoo, 
NashvilleZoo.org is how you become a member. It is the best you will buy every year. Get that as a family gift this year for Christmas because you can go to the zoo every day. That's right. And it's better than buying, like if you could buy it for like your brother, your sister, if they have family and kids and whatnot, instead of buying five different gifts for the whole family, just buy the one membership and it takes care of the whole family all year round. And I always say, hey, if you have a gym membership, Okay, it's fine and dandy, but I'm going to tell you, walking up this hill to get to Botswana, <laughs> I feel like I burned off two cheeseburgers in that, that little walk. That's right. So it is a workout. There's three and a half miles three, of trails. Three miles, yeah, basically three miles of trails. Well, so it felt like three and a half to me yep. just to get here. <laughs> it is the best money you'll spend. Plus, you've got the incentive. You can see the white rhinos. That's right, and they can see you. And that. That's so funny. They've been watching us. It's crazy. Hey, we're going to learn all about the white rhino coming up, but we've got a really cool sponsor. I want you to stay tuned because of, they bring us this show each and every week, and we're so glad that Kia Murfreesboro is part of our family. You guys, we're glad you're part of our family, too. Keep watching. Having fun? Yeah, I'm going to keep my own pretty soon. Me too. Good night, Kia guy. Good night. of Murfreesboro, we're here whether you're ready or not. When it comes to insurance, you want a name you can trust. Wendy Danielle Stack is here to help. With over seven years of experience, Danielle and her team are here to assist you in finding the right coverage for all of your needs. From auto and home to life and business insurance, we have customized options for everyone. We'll work with you to create a personalized plan that protects everything in your life that matters most. Call today and see for yourself why Daniel Stack is the go-to insurance agent in Clarksville. The first time I ever went out for Thanksgiving, I just went, oh my gosh, it was a life changer for sure. me. And they have got a Thanksgiving feast prepared for you here at the Omni, but you're going to have to make reservations. And to talk more about it, we have... Head Chef Jonathan Welch, who joins us today. Hi, Jonathan. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Thanksgiving is our Super Bowl. That's, that's the biggest yeah. day of the year for our restaurant, besides maybe Mother's Day and Easter, where we do a very similar um, brunch buffet. But, you know, we're, we're really excited. We get a lot of locals, and we, we really want this to be a, a thing about Nashville. You know, absolutely any guests in the hotel are welcome, but, but we want to get as many folks that live here uh, to come see what we do. Don't forget, make your reservation right now. If you can get one, you better make it right now. Anywhere from 9 in the morning until 3 in the afternoon, get that reservation in for Kitchen Notes at Omni Nashville. He shoots, and he scores!
Welcome back, everybody. Well, Jim, we have somebody very special, the hoofstock expert we That's have. The rhino, the rhino expert. That's right. I just thought, hoofstock, how cool is that? With a white rhino. We're in the Botswana area? Yep. That's, that's right. Yeah, this is a private rental area, but we, we have it today just for you. Oh, see, we're so special. And we have it just for you, too, because we're going to talk about white rhinos with Jason Fessler. How are you? I'm good. A little chilly today. A big difference from the last couple of days, but doing well. Well, i got to ask, how does that affect a rhino? They've got thick skin, but they're also a, a, an African animal that is used to hot temperatures. They are, and they adapt pretty well to the cold. Um, their cutoff, temperature cutoff is about 40 degrees and sunny. So if it's 40 and sunny, they'll come out. If it's 45 and cloudy, they can come out uh, and 50 and raining. So. And where do they stay otherwise? They have an indoor holding um, up at the end of the back end of the exhibit where we bring them in at night um, we bring them in every night just so we can feed them and, and check on them make sure that everything's good and then the next morning as long as the weather's good they head back out here or okay always in the tv shows that i grew up with doc tari and some of those shows the rhinos were always really scary. Are they scary to work with? They're not. That's actually a, a big mis misconception with rhinos. They've been, like you said, they've been kind of historically considered cantankerous, mean, aggressive. Mm -hmm. They're actually very docile by nature. Um, I can actually get any of them to lay down by just scratching on the inside of their back leg. Um, it works on me too. <laughs> <laughs> now they're they're really like big puppy dogs, honestly. Really? I mean, they can, you know, when they have their bad days and their bad mood, they can they can be aggressive and scary. But you just read their body language, mm -hmm. um, and you know, just like us, they have their good days and their bad days. But and also, you're talking about a four thousand to six thousand pound animal. So if they're out there pushing each other around, it definitely looks way more aggressive than it actually is. Well, I, they, I just saw them running. I mean, they're a lot faster than what you think they would be at that age. They are. Age. They are. You'd think for that big animal, they'd be slow and lumbering, but they can actually run about 35 miles an hour. Um, they can turn 180 degrees with all four feet off the ground and be back at full speed in seconds. <laughs> they're extremely quick and agile for their size. And that's one thing that people also don't realize is how fast they are and how quickly they can move um, when they're sparring with each other. They're their head movements are lightning fast. Crazy. Tell us, tell us a little bit about the five that we have here. Okay, so yeah, we've got our a group of rhinos is called a crash, fittingly enough. Uh, we have one male and four females. Our big male, TC, uh, he's nine years old. He weighs 5,500 pounds. And we'll probably get up to 6,000 before he, by the time he's full grown. And then we've got our four females, Nandi, Norma, Casey, and Modwani. Norma. Yep. I love that name. Who so named actually, them? we had, um, we let people could pay to name them. Um, oh. And Norma and Casey are named after grandmothers. Modwani's oh. name came off a list that we provided just as for ideas. And then Nandi we named because nobody, nobody na had named her yet. And we were starting our training program. And we didn't need to, didn't want to call her 24, because they, oh. so we went ahead and named her Nandi. The name she was assigned when yep. she came here yeah. was 24. So actually, we got our females from South Africa. Um, so they did, they had ear tags in, which, hence the numbers. But we're involved with the Species Survival Plan, uh, oh, which means, I'm sure you've talked about it many times. So we manage all the white rhino in the U.S. as one herd. 
So it doesn't matter if they're in California, Florida, Canada, or Nashville. We manage them like they're one herd so that we can keep track of their genetics. So basically they are a fail-safe. If they do go extinct in the wild, we know we have a genetically viable population. Well, I'll be. Yep. I love that. What's the best time to see them? Uh, they're most active first thing in the morning. Uh, we, we get them out on exhibit by about 9 o'clock. Uh, they are generally come out and they'll eat, they'll explore, see if there's any new smells out in the exhibit. Then they'll take a nap and then they'll, they'll get up around noonish, um, wander around, eat some more, maybe go hit the wallow. Um, and then at, right now we're bringing them in around 4 o'clock, so probably about 2.30 to 3, they'll start getting active again. How did you get involved with rhinos? Was this a, a childhood dream? Or? I've, I've oh, not exactly. I've always been into animals. Ever since I was five, I was out catching critters and stuff like that. Um, and then when I went to college, I needed to do an internship, and I just kind of was like, "Did zoos do that?" And I got an internship at the Cincinnati Zoo, and oh, they wow. couldn't get rid of me. So I just kind of hung out until a job opened up, and. I had some other practical, real-world experience in construction and stuff like that that, that played a part in, in me getting the job. But nowadays, almost everybody has a college degree. I kind of went through the uh, school of hard knocks. But, and then I thought I was going to be a primate keeper until I started working with rhinos and I fell in love. Oh, I love this. I just love it. Tell me a little bit about the... the the physical aspect of, of being a keeper and working for rhinos. A lot of people think that, you know, being a keeper is, is, you know, feeding and maybe a little bit of cleaning, but talk to me a little bit about your daily schedule and some of the physical uh, responsibilities that you yeah. guys have. It's actually a very physical job. Um, yes, it's... I know, could imagine. A lot of people think it's just playing with animals all day, and that's mm -hmm. actually probably the least of what we do. Um, so I'll come in in the morning and I'll get everybody up and, and get them their breakfast and kind of check on them, make sure everybody's happy, healthy, and nothing happened overnight. Um, then we'll come out, we'll get their exhibit prepped, we'll get their hay shaken out, make sure their water's clean, um, double check the perimeter, make sure everything's safe. And then we'll let them out and then we just clean. We clean for a couple hours. Um, you can imagine rhinos eat a lot of food. A lot a comes lot out. Of a lot of roughage. A lot of roughage. Yeah. A lot of fiber. A high fiber diet. Very, very <laughs> high fiber diet. So it's, it, there's a lot, of, a lot of shoveling involved. What is one thing that you would like the public to know about the White Rhino exhibit? You know, they, one thing that unfortunately they don't get to see a lot is when they get in their mud wallow. That's one of the most fun things to see them do is when they get in there and they'll lay down, roll around, and they'll, our male TC actually gets... A, to the top of his back, so his legs are up in the air, kicking around. <laughs> right. We're going to talk about some other animals. Of course, the temperature changes, so the ambassador animals all change is what you get to see when you come to the zoo. You get to see some cooler weather ambassador animals coming up next. I know. No polar bears, though. No polar bears. No, we don't no, do we polar don't. bears. No, they don't, they don't play. Yeah. <laughs> but stay tuned. We'll be right back. having fun? Yeah, I'm going to keep my own pretty soon. Me too. 
Good night, Kika. Good night. We're here whether you're ready or not. If your paint project calls for bold and vibrant neutrals or soft pastels, Benjamin Moore has the design-inspired colors you've been looking for in a full line of durable, long-lasting paints. And they're all here at Preston Thompson's Flooring and Paint, voted number one paint store in Dixon County. Football season is grilling season. The Big Green Egg is the perfect grill for everyone. From the backyard cook to the world's most acclaimed chefs, Stop at Tennessee Ace Hardware today and check out our large selection of big green egg grills. It's the perfect grill for any grilling need. What separates us from other companies in Tennessee, um, that's going to be our, our mission to our customers, is to always improve the quality of life. Um, that's from taking care of your past to a friendly voice on the phone when you call to a technician that comes out he's competent he's going to solve the problem for you. We're considered a full encompassing service so we're going to take care of 50 plus different pests and we'll always have your back. We are back Jim Bar 2 and I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm, this is an ambassador animal. Jessica Knox is with us with a, a an ambassador animal that has its own coat. A beautiful one. Yes. So this is rosemary, and rosemary is a striped skunk. So they are a species found here in the eastern part of the United States that I'm pretty sure most people are very familiar with. Okay, I got to ask, you know, you're holding the dangerous end <laughs> down underneath. Yes. Uh, next to you, Jim. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, but scent glands, uh, do these, they have their scent glands? No, she does not have her scent gland anymore. Um, so she did have a small surgery when she arrived here as a baby, and our veterinary team was able to do that uh, surgery. And so she can no longer spray, but in her mind, she thinks she could. Um, oh. That is their biggest defense against predators, is that spray, which is what they are most known for. Um, it is a very good deterrent because that smell can actually um, permeate the air for about a mile around. Um, they have perfect aim and accuracy when they spray. They can actually spray 15 feet directly in the eye of a predator with perfect aim and accuracy. Does so, it sting the eyes of the predator? It could. Mm -hmm. okay. Plus, that spray does not go away, as many people are very familiar with. I heard, now, here's the deal. I have a lot of wild skunks, and they come eat at my house. I put out some things for them because mm -hmm. I think they're just precious, and I keep the dogs away from them, so it's all right. But that they don't see very well. Is so that true? That's true. So they have oh, decent eyesight, but not the best eyesight. So you'll notice that she's kind of sniffing the air right now. They really rely on their sense of smell. Since they are a nocturnal animal, they rely on that sense a bit more since they're usually active whenever it's dark. Uh, but they are really good animals to have around in the wild because they do eat um, a lot of bugs, primarily ticks. One single skunk, like Miss Rosemary here, can eat about 5,000 ticks in a single summer. Um, and that helps us and our pets by getting rid of those pests. So possums, opossums, however you like to say it, 
and skunks are really good tick ridders. Yes. Yep. Oh, I love it, that. They all have such an important role in our ecosystem, don't they? They do. Right, right. If you do see a skunk running around in your backyard, stay at least 20 to 30 feet back. Just leave them be and try to keep your pets away, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, because our pets don't read the warning signs that a skunk gives us. Because a skunk will actually give you about three or four warnings to keep your distance before they finally spray. You just got to know what to look for. So the first one you guys can easily see through the camera, um, her coloring, that black and white is a really good indicator or marker that, hey, you want to keep your distance from me. In the wild, there's actually four different colors in the animal kingdom, which we call danger colors or aposomatic coloring. It's black, white, yellow, and red. So those are colors that you don't see very often in plant life or vegetation, so they do stand out uh, pretty distinctly. Uh, the next warning that a skunk will give you is they will fluff up their fur and they're going to stomp their feet. Oh, just like wow. that. Oh, just like that. Just they, like they that. Okay. They'll raise their tail, they'll stomp their feet, and they'll kind of back up a little bit and like drag their front feet a little bit. Uh, and then you get one last warning afterwards, and that's when they're going to turn around, do a handstand, and they're going to wave their butt in the air. That is your final warning. If you see that, I knew a cheerleader one. that did that. Yeah, back I was going to say that's. I think, <laughs> I think we did some of that in high school. So, Handstands and yeah. butt waving. Yep. There are they related to weasels? Are they in that family or the ferrets? Because they, they kind of have a movement of their feet and their their head shape looks or badger. Um, I think it would be uh, more closely to some rodents, and then um, after that would be like the ferrets. Well, this is the fa it's just amazing. So I'm going to put her down, just kind of let her walk around the table. Just if she comes close, don't try to touch. But I'm going to give her some of her tasty treats um, so you guys can get a peek. Mm. Are those like mealworms? Like These are mealworms. Oh, okay, like, just like you give your chicken treats. The skunk going at it. So you can see that she can smell where they are. So um, skunks are pretty smart. Um, so she's done quite a few training things with us here at the zoo. So she's target trained. She's trained to go in her crate. She's trained for us to pick her up and hold her for exams and for programs like this. Um, our skunks have been trained to run across our amphitheater stage and our summer animal shows um, and even to go to programs and events to educate. Hi. Those glasses are not for you, ma'am. Okay. Rosemary. Well, they might help her see a little bit. <laughs> That's right. She's going, hey. So skunks, those are readers. <laughs> striped skunks are one of two species of skunks found here in the United States. There's the striped skunk, which obviously they have the two very distinct stripes, yeah. and then the spotted skunk. Um, the spotted skunks can sometimes get mistaken for cats a little bit more often just uh -huh. because they don't have that really distinct pattern. But they um, still spray just like a regular they do. skunk. Okay. They do. What about albino skunks? Now, I have seen some of those. There are some of those out there. Um, they're probably not going to um, be the best hunters, and they're probably going to be more a threat to, um, threatened by larger predators just because they don't have that natural camouflage. And then are there skunk species in other countries? Um, there are. So, like, Africa has a similar one. Um, it's called a polecat, <laughs> which does look very similar to a badger and a skunk. That's it, ma'am. Yeah, I just watched the hands go away with Jim Bar too. Yeah, the zookeeper's I, eye. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I know. <laughs> I know better than to, than to put fingers within reach oh, of, a, yes. of a hungry skunk. I know, and you were so nice to go. Ah, move your hands. She might bite. Because they they look really cuddly. So That's any kids, you guys out there, and you find a skunk, don't uh, don't, don't go close. Yeah, don't no. Yeah. That's right. And as cute as they are, that is the cutest face I've ever seen in my whole life. Oh my gosh. Yes. So adorable. Um.
very fun animals. I am very glad that I get to work with them, um, as well as a lot of the other ambassador animals that we care for here. We actually take care of, um, I think we have over 80 species in our department, from uh, reptiles, birds, mammals, even arthropods like spiders, um, arachnids, things like that. So it's very rewarding to get to work with a wide variety of species, and my favorite part of the job is getting to teach people just how amazing these animals are. Everything has is a link in the chain for a good ecological system. Everything has a purpose, and even if it's just to eat mealworms. <laughs> <laughs> and those pesky ticks. Yes. And those pesky, pesky ticks. Thank you so much, Jessica. You're very welcome. We are so glad that you guys joined us here for another episode of What's New at the Zoo with Jim Bartu. Jim, I adore working with you, and thank you for letting us educate our public on all these amazing animals. Sure, yeah. Thanks for coming out on this somewhat chilly day, but it's the sun's out, and it's, it's pleasant. Oh, it's absolutely. It's amazing time, and we are not far away from the cold winter weather and the opening of Zoo Illumination. Get your tickets now at NashvilleZoo.org. We'll see you guys next time.